Welcome to all those joining us for Likud Alachis, continuing in Yoridea, Chelik Sheni, Chesnedarim, paragraph Lamed Dalit. Dedicate learning today, Inishmas Rochel Shualeib, Avn Savador. Nasnazal was discussing the Chagim, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, based on Chapter 7 in the second half of Likud Imran, or up to the finishing touches. Nasnazal says, Hidur Ho'esroik, duty of the Esroik, Chinas pre-Eitz Hodor, as we know, the Torah refers to the Esroik as the beautiful fruit of the tree. Related to the way the Torah speaks about Hashem's Malchus, Hadar also beautiful. To enlighten mankind regarding the greatness of Hashem, and the beauty of Hashem's kingdom. Chinas hadar kevoid hoidecha secha. And another pasuk, the beauty of Hashem's kavod, using that term hadar, in term that's used about the esroid. Alo esroid uminov oimrim halel, because we know that when we take the esroid and the lulav and the hadas maravos. We recite Hallel over them. Shekoilel kol nefloyes Hashem. Feel of Hallel includes in it a broad representation of all of Hashem's wonders and miracles. Inu kanal. This fits beautifully with what we learned earlier. Through these four species, which we hold in our hands and we shake them in all the directions, and we recite the halal over them, doing this, we're enlightening, we're broadcasting to all members of the world the, the beautiful glory of Hashem's kingdom. This is that light that we're beaming to the son and the student that we've been speaking about throughout this whole halacha. Which we started drawing on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We talk about this light that we want to pass on to the son and the student. What it's really all about is a recognition of the greatness of Hashem's kingdom that's being broadcasted to all of mankind from generation to generation eternally. As we said, now Rab Take a look in Likute Alochis, Orachaim, Hilchas Sukkah, Halacha Dalid, Basavnu Gamkain. Over there, Rab Nosnazal also wrote, Sharbo Minim, Heimbechinas Haoraz Ben Vitalmed, that the, the light, that, that the Dalid Minim, the Lulav Esra Gadas Marovois, 
represent this light of the sun and the student. There, Rav Nosanzal also discussed this. Paragraph Lamed Hay, Yalkein Eretz Yisroel Mesugal Lebonim. Based on what we've been learning throughout this halacha, we can understand also a statement that Rabbi Nassau made in chapter 48 in Likud Imran. He said that Eretz Yisroel can help a person very children, having children, and so too we find that Hashem promised Avram Avinu that he, his, his descendants would inherit the land of Eretz Israel and that he would be blessed with children. Hashem combined those into one. Ki ikr habonim because when we talk about a person making sure to leave behind children in the world, what it's really all about is that the person should leave their das behind in the world for generations. This can accomplish this by connecting to Eretz Yisrael, as we saw earlier, in paragraph Tesayin 16. Shem promised Avram both of these things together, children and Eretz Yisrael. For children, especially for a person to be to leave their das behind in their children and students, is especially related to Eretz Yisrael. Now, Rab Nosan Zalid's Srichen Levayer Kol Inyan Hanesira, we also need to explain the whole concept of the Nesira that Rab Nosan Zal touched on earlier. Zal explains that on Rosh Hashanah, originally Hashem and the Shechina start out attached back to back to really bring about a union in that manner. So, kaviyocho, they have to be sliced apart, able to turn around and become face-to-face in order to be able to make a yichud that produce. Sira means slicing them apart. In Achilas Erev Yom Kippur, V'taynas Yom HaKippurim, Rav Nosanzal says, we need to explain what on Erev Yom Kippur, and then we fast on Yom Kippur. And several other issues, based on Chapter 7 and Likud Imran, which this halacha is based on. However, unfortunately, those are the many obstacles able to write what he wrote, you know what even this little bit like that I wrote thanks to the incredible Yeshuas of Hashem, which cannot be described. 
having to note that Rav wanted to write more about this. He had more that he wanted to explain. It wasn't Sircha. Any questions, please? There's a question in the chat. What's the Nasira? Question is, what is the Nasira? Correct. Nasira means slicing apart. We mentioned, we discussed this earlier, way back in this halacha, and we've spoken about this in the past. Sifrei Kabbalah explain that some point in time, Hashem and the Shekhinah are back-to-back. They're attached. Concept of like Siamese twins that are attached back-to-back. Back-to-back, they cannot unite in order to produce. They have to be able to face each other, to be face-to-face. I'll explain that on Rosh Hashanah, Hashem imposes a sleep, in a sense, over this, over Hashem and the Shekhinah, just like He imposed the sleep over Adam, Adam Arishain, in order to create Chava. Then He slices them apart, in order that they should be able to turn around and become face to face. This relates to Hashem and the Shekhinah. And this also related to Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava were created like man and woman, but they were back-to-back and they were attached back-to-back. In order for Chava to really be able to function as a wife, Hashem had to impose a sleep on Adam Arishan in order to be able to slice them apart so that they could turn around and become face-to-face. Thank you. In several places, and was into it. Sure. Earlier, we touched on the story of the seven bettlers with day about the trees that cannot sleep at night. Bird in each one of these countries, and these birds during the night they cry and cry each other. They become separated and they cry for each other. I spoke about it a little. Rav Nosson is going to add a little more to that now. Remoz paragraph Lamed Vov. Remozim mehamaisa shel hashiva betlers. Some some hints regarding the story of the seven betlers. Thirteenth story in Sipori Maisias. Shel yoyim horavi. Regarding the fourth day of the Sheva Brachas, which is discussed over there in the story, the Spoer, the Betler, praised himself, saying, He doesn't breathe at all into this world, this physical, materialistic world. That's why it seems to people as if he has a crooked neck, because it looks as if he's not really breathing properly. In truth, 
He has the ability to imitate and to generate all the different types of sounds in the world. But a ventriloquist, the person who imitates somebody else's voice, actually has skama, and a proof to this from the, these two countries. And Rabbi Nezah went on to tell the story of these two countries, which are far apart from each other. These two countries are separated by a thousand parsa. Right, none of the people in these countries can sleep because of these birds that keep them awake, these two birds bird and a female bird that are crying for each other. said, and I know what's causing the people in these cities not to be able to sleep, the people in these countries not to be able to sleep. Because there are these two birds, Shehem Zug Echod Boilam. They are one pair in the world, meaning they're so special. Evdo Hanekeva, female bird got lost. Male bird going and searching for her. And she's searching for him. They're crying during the There are cries that are keeping the people in these countries awake. Ooh, his spoiler. And the bettler prided himself and praised himself, saying, He has the ability to correct this. He has the ability to generate and to imitate all the different sounds in the world. And imitate the sound of one bird to the other. If I try to bring them back together, to bring them closer, said that he also has the ability to throw his his voice, to cause his voice, these sounds, to travel far distances and to jump over a certain area in order to get to a different area. Could believe this? Who could believe this is possible? This is what Rabbeinazal describes over there in the story of the seven betlers on the fourth day of the Sheva Brachas. Now Rabbeinazal gives us some commentary, and he says, "The Indian Maisezu Yesh Laramza Shehibachinas Rosh Hashanah." Regarding this story, hint that it's related to the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. And it's speaking about the sounds and the breath that goes through the holy shoifar. Shoifar as is brought in the Zohar Kodesh and in the writings of the Abizal, Shehu Bechinas Bina Shehi Almadosi. Shoifar represents the sphere of Bina, which is associated with the future world. 
This world, our physical world, is generally associated with the seven lower midas of chesed through malchus. So the minute we go above chesed, we go to bina, we're talking about They'll come that time in the future when Mashiach will come, when they're going to blow, they're going to blow the great Shoifer. Shoifer is speaking about the future, Olam Haba. The person has to turn their neck away sounds of this world, this lowly world, papers of this lowly world. To draw all of our breath into the shoifar, which represents the future world, meaning, the Jew who really wants to live on the highest level wants to see to it not to leave any of, not to place any of their breath in this world, in this physical world, or beyond to go above this world. But rather, every single breath coming out of our mouth. And exactly, should all go into the shoifar, which means go into the future world. Meaning that every breath coming out of my mouth should all be regarding the ultimate purpose, the purpose for which I was created, which is Olam Haba, to get to Olam Haba. The future world is all about. This we could understand how the Sefer Koheles begins when it says, Hevel Havolim, Take a look in the Tikkunes, chapter 69. Zohar Kodesh speaks about this. Listen, seeing to it not to be breathing into this world, but rather to be breathing into the next world, meaning not to put up, not to become attached, deeply attached to materialism, rather that the person's whole life is all about the future world, about living a type of life that I'll be zuchet to Olam Haba. It's Vohika, the main thing here is Lamaisa, for a person not just to learn about this and talk about to implement this, person should see to it, allow any of the breath coming out out of their mouth to be going into this world, into this materialistic world. Rather, to strive to separate myself completely from the materialism of this world. To try to get to a level where all the breaths coming out of my mouth are all about Torah and Tfila and are connected to the future world. 
they're realizing that this world is temporary and this world is just a springboard to help me to get into the next world. Everything I'm doing in this world is to help me achieve my Olam Haba and to be able to prepare the best Olam Haba possible. This we need, especially on Rosh Hashanah, which is the first of the ten days of Tshuva. Because this is what Tshuva is really all about. It's all about a person leaving all the breathing of this world and to attach all of one's breathing and breath to the future world, which is the concept that, which is represented by the shoifar. To the sounds of the shoifar, draw upon ourselves the strength coming from the true tzaddikim who were zeichet to this kind of level. They were zeichet that while they were in this world, they weren't breathing in this world. Their, their breathing was into the next world. Connecting to these tzaddikim, especially on Rosh Hashanah, through their power, through their abilities, we can also achieve this on our level. This concept of, of detached as much as we can from the materialistic world and being attached to the future world. Let's finish the next paragraph and then we'll take questions. Sadik who was to get to this level who inspire? He's the one who prides himself in the story in Sipremaisis. He has the ability to throw the sounds of his voice. Regarding this concept of a person throwing their, their voice, Hashem opened my eyes. That this is found in a pasuk regarding prophecy, the Indian Nevuas Shmuel, regarding the first time that Shmuel Hanavi experienced prophecy. I'll take a look at what Rashi says regarding the pasuk in Shmuel Aleph, chapter three, pasuk Dalid. It says there, Vayikra Hashem, Hashem called out. And Rashi says over there, this is what the Pasuk in Eov says when Yiram Kel Hashem thunders with his voice in a wondrous way. Rashi says there, Eli HaKohen was the Kohen Gottel at that time. He was guarding the Beis HaMikdash, the, I'm sorry, the Mishkan, from inside. Shmuel HaNavi was a Levi. 
v'shoichev mibachutz, he slept outside. The kofatz hakoil derech eli l'shmuel. And the voice of Hashem jumped, jumped over Eli Cohen to go to Shmuel Anavi. The voice of Hashem was coming from the inner, inner sanctuary, from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in a sense. Jumped over Eli, Shmuel Anavi. This is an example of Hashem Kavyoho throwing sound from above to down below. Notice the Hashem on high and it's coming down below on this earth to, to Shmuel Hanavi. Now, this tzaddik who's described over there in Sipurim Maisius, where it looked like he had a crooked neck, he was to be able to throw sound, to throw his voice from down below, to throw it up. He knew how to be able to throw his the voice, his sounds of his voice, and bring about a reunion between these two birds. And these two birds are separated, we said, by a thousand parsa. They can't really hear each other. Who's in the middle, sort of, and throw his, this, the coil, each one of them, to be able to draw them to him, to be able to draw them to the middle, sort of, so that they can be reunited. Remember, the truth is that prophecy two birds which are the, the kruvim that were in the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash, those bird-like images that were top of the Orion. Sheheim meramzim b'sharosham al yichud kutshubarichu these two birds symbolize, at the roots, they symbolize the union between Hashem and the Shechina. While we are in exile, these two have drifted apart from each other, very far from each other. Hayadua, as is known, says in a Pasuk in Mishle, chapter 27, just like a bird that wanders away from its nest, so too a man wanders away from his place. This is the secret bird's nest, which is spoken about in the Zohar Kodesh in many places. As is discussed in the Tikkun Zoyar in many, many places, especially in Tikkun Vav, page 21. Because these two birds represent the two Kruvim, spread their wings over the Orion. 
אשר משום נמשך הרוח נבואה להנביאים. And from there that all the prophets receive their prophecy, כמשכוסוב, as it says in the Chumash, וישמע את הכל מבין שני הקרובים. איש רבנו heard the voice of Hashem coming between these two קרובים. שבזמן שישראל אוסם רצוני שמוקויים, הם פונים אל פונים. And the Torah tells us, when we, the Jewish people, are behaving properly, when we're fulfilling the will of Hashem, then these two קרובים faced each other in the, in the Mishkan or in the base Mithash. חסוויש ולהפך, להפך. We were not doing the will of Hashem. When we went against Hashem, then these two קרובים turned away from each other. They became back to back. שאיסא בזויר חודש, as it says in the זויר חודש of מגילס that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, there was left only one. Meaning there are no longer these two birds, there's only one, because the Shekhinah was sent out into... Alkein, zeh ha-tzadik sh'yodeya l'hashlech koilois. Therefore, this tzadik who knows to throw his, his voice That tzaddik was definitely to know and to have the sound that comes from these two birds. Where all sounds come from, all originate from. The sound of the voice of Hashem, which comes from... From there that this whole concept of, of sound traveling, these voices traveling, Hashem thunders with his voice in wondrous ways. This refers to kindness and judgment. we touched on earlier in this halacha. Alkein, therefore, me'achar she'zochu l'zeh ha'koyl shel shnei ha'tziporim, alkein hu yochel l'chabro. So this tzaddik, this betler, was zoicha to have all of these holy sounds, all of these holy koylois, and he was zoicha to the koyl of these two birds, therefore he has the ability to bring them together. get close to each one of them and mimic, imitate the, the, the voice of the other bird and thereby draw them, draw them and, and unite them. Any questions, please? Ablasan, there's a question in the chat. It's from a little bit uh, earlier. But how can we implement this teaching on a practical level? After all, we do have to live in the physical world. The answer is, each person on their level always remembering, remembering that we're going to be in this world permanently. Therefore, not letting certain things bother us, 
sometimes people get upset over certain things and then they think, after, what am I getting so upset over? This is so ridiculous. Not as if I'm going to be living in this world for a thousand years or anything. We're here temporarily anyway. So if things aren't so perfect or whatever, big deal. One of the issues here is not getting caught up excessive uh, chase for materialism, wanting more and more Gashmias, but realizing that, that on a mission in this world, my main focus needs to be, and again, each one of us on our level, my main focus really needs to be, what can I do to help myself get Olam Haba? What can I do to help put an end to this exile, to this goal of We're coming to the final two paragraphs of this halacha. And this whole topic of these koilois is all related to the shoifar. Shoifar hu the shofar represents prophecy which comes from those two birds. Where do we see this? As the says in Yeshaya Hanavi, Kashoifer Horim Koilecha. Shem says to the Navi, to the prophet, lift up your voice like the shofar. This pasuk is written about Yeshaya. And so too, when Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people on Har Sinai, that was one of the greatest revelations of prophecy that ever took place, where Hashem revealed Himself to the entire Jewish people. The entire Jewish people were like prophets at that time. Hashem revealed Himself at that time through the sound of the shofar. As it says clearly in Parshas B'Shalach, in Parshas Yisroi, the koil shofar chazak ma'oyed. The sound of the shofar was very powerful at Har Sinai. Mishe yedaber, v'ho elikim yanenu b'koil. Mishe Rabbeinu spoke, remember Hashem only said the first two of the Ten Commandments. The other eight was said by Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke, and Hashem strengthened his voice. Hashem gave Moshe Rabbeinu the ability to project his voice to the entire Klal Yisrael. Alkain, and therefore, the sound of the shoifar, by hearing the sound of the shoifar, we draw upon ourselves the sounds of prophecy. That's this sound, this coil that unites the two birds. Which is where prophecy originates from. This was to unite together these two birds. This is that terminology that we use about uniting Hashem and the Shekhinah. 
Yisrael, and the pre Yisrael explains that this is the main thing that the, the whole blowing of the shofar is really all about. Ser HaMalchus. Slice and separate the Malchus from Zeranpin, Kuchibarichu, Uleyachado im Zeranpin. Thereby allow them both to turn around, to face each other, to be united with Zeranpin. Zeranpin means those spheroids of Chesed through Yisoyed. Shehein Bechinas Shoyresh Hatsiporemanal. Is the concept of the Roots of these birds, Kayadua, as is known, and as the Zohar Kodesh speaks about this in Chremois, page 59. Rav Nassasal adds the final touch to this. Now we could understand why the Torah says in several places that it's the blasting of the Shoifar that's going to gather together all the lost souls in Golis, that's going to gather all the Jews together that are in exile and bring us together. Shikosos, as Shayanavi, chapter 27, on that day in the future, when Mashiach will come, they're going to blast the great Shoifar, all of those lost souls, all of those who got lost, Vahanidochim and all those who were rejected, they'll all come and gather together. Ki Iker Kibbutz Goliath, the Iker Hagula, Hakoil Tolui Bechibur Shnehatsiporamanal. The concept of gathering in the exile and Jews being taken out of exile completely is all dependent on uniting these two birds. She'aleihem nemar, about which the Pesach says in Mishlei, ketsipor noidetes menkina, that we, the Jewish people, are like a bird that's, that has wandered away from its nest. Kayadua, as is known throughout the Zohar Kodesh and other forums. Through the shoifor, all of this gets repaired. This is what the Geula, the, the final redemption, is really about. Gathering in of the Jews from all the exiles, from all the distant places that we went away to. As we complete this giant halacha that we... It's quite a while, Baruch Hashem. Any questions, please? These are deep concepts that we touched on in this halacha. The concepts which Rav Nassazal tried to clarify the topic of Medarim vows. Started out with that. Used chapter seven in the second half of Likud Imran to explain many, many things that we covered throughout this halacha. Any questions, please? Rabbi, um, please. I have a question that touched on something earlier. It seemed like we were saying that um, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what the words were <clears throat> that I saw this in, but it, it seemed like we were saying that 
it's important to make to keep in mind that this world is temporary and that we don't it's not up to us to um, to put in extra effort or or to try and get involved in this world in order to extend our life kind of thing. <clears throat> I don't remember exactly what it was that I saw, but it seemed like we were saying that, which might indicate that you know a lot of the things that hap- that, that are in this world and uh, medical advances, all kinds of things that are intended to prolong life. And it seemed like seems like obviously the Torah, Prevent, you know, is it's forbidden to to shorten life, right? But the it sounded like what we were saying is that to put extra effort in in order to prolong life in a way that's you know beyond our means or or things like that going going above and beyond would be not necessarily good. I hear what you're saying. There's an issue that this is a big question that comes up in halacha. About prolonging life, a person is chasushon, very, very sick, and when a person is, let's say, chasushon, in in great pain, sometimes we still try to do everything we can to hold that, per- to keep that person in this world, or not. This is a major halacha issue. Usually, usually we say we do, we don't do anything to shorten a person's life. And if we can make it possible for a person to remain in this world, we try to do that. But again, the purpose, the reason is, because every minute in this world, if the person is not committing sins, if the person is doing the wrong thing, and especially if the person is doing any kind of a mitzvah, is what's preparing their oilam haba. That's what will give them the Olam Haba. That's the point. So if I can give a, an example. Go ahead, like, please. please. Um, I'm mean, thinking more in terms of uh, like Parnassa and things like that. So for example, if a person could pay a million dollars for an insurance policy that will make sure that they're going to be alive for 120 years. But in order to pay that million dollars, they have to put in tremendous effort in order to bring in Parnassa like that. Would we say that the, eff- the, the point is to be in this world and do mitzvahs for the amount of time that Kodesh Baruch Hu decided you should be in this world, and therefore maybe the insurance policy is, is not the best thing because it's not up to us to decide how long we're supposed to be in this world? Or would we say it's important to prolong life and, there, and, you know, and every moment that we're in this world we can do mitzvahs, we can even, you know, we can do mitzvahs to medios, we can do, there are all kinds of, even, you know, we saw in Likhtayalach as many times, just the presence of a Jew in this world is a very important thing. So would we say, no, a person should should put in that effort in order to buy the million dollar, to pay for the million dollar insurance policy to make sure that they're here for 120 years. Listening to the question, not sure exactly. There's two sides to this. On one hand, we talk, all the farm talk about being realistic. Be in this world forever, permanent. This world is not eternal. Therefore, don't focus on this world. Focus on the next world, which is permanent, which is eternal. On 
one hand. On the other hand, we, we say that one of the worst sins in the world is to kill someone or to shorten someone's life. So long as they're living in this world, they're still able to do mitzvah. One hour of this world in, a, in the realistic world is better than the whole Olam Haba because in Olam Haba you cannot do mitzvahs. Once a person is over there, they can no longer add. It's written that one hour of suffering in this materialistic world save a person greater suffering in the future world. So, on one hand, we're being told there's a tremendous benefit every moment that a person can be in this world. There's a tremendous benefit to that. However, the benefit relates to the next world. It's all preparing. Preparing for the, for the next world, which really counts, which is eternity. Whereas with so, life in this world goes by like the blink of an eye. Right, go ahead. So, um, as to, to follow up, so, um, so you know, that's I hundred percent, you know, hear what you're saying. The the world in general, like the secular world, is very much focused on longevity, and how much, and and basically in the secular world, the however much a person needs to do in order to 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 extend their life is. Is, is worthwhile because that's because you know in their view this is the only world right so it seems like there's there's kind of a danger we've talked a lot about not being involved in Petonius so it could be that there's a danger in kind of overemphasizing that based on the external uh, the external uh, uh, you know what's going on in the, what goes on in the secular world that that we might end up putting more emphasis on on extending life, and I, again, I, obviously, I'm not talking about shortening life and and not doing. I'm not talking about doing normal and and you know reasonable things in order to extend life. I'm talking about doing things that are above and beyond and and kind of on the verge of breaking a muna uh, in order to extend life. If it's if it's if it's breaking a muna, then definitely it's. Exactly what you're saying. Focus in the medical world or in, in you know, of what can we do to ensure that a person is going to have more time in this world. But if they're doing it only for that purpose, that the person will have more time and eat another 500 breakfasts and 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 go to the bathroom another 500 times, that's a joke, you know. So what? What what have we accomplished? We're giving a person more aggravation, more suffering, because life in this world for most people has a lot of suffering attached to it. That's not a real goal. That's not a real purpose. However, if increasing longevity, that people should be able to, people should be longer. If we hear that, let's say, 200 years ago, normal lifespan. 70 years old today because of all kinds of different circumstances. The average normal lifespan is, let's say, 80 years old or 85 years old. If that 
used for mitzvahs and meisim punishment. It's a very good. If it isn't, means again more eating, more sleeping, more sleeping, more work, having to work another ten years. Great achievement. Sorry, the, your answer was a little bit uh, choppy at the end, but uh, I think I understood the, the, the point that it's, it sounds like, you know, normal, reasonable behavior in order to extend life is, is fine, but we do have to be a little bit, uh, a little bit aware of when it crosses a line over, over Emuna. Yes. Thank you. Listen, there was another question in the chat. Blowing the shofar is only the beginning of the gula, isn't it? There is still Yom Kippur and Sukkot, and only then Shmini Yetzirah, which is parallel to the gula itself. Here it sounds like blowing the blowing of the shofar is the gula itself. The answer is you have to be careful not to take things out of context. This halacha... We had learned a lot about Rosh Hashanah being the beginning of a process continues till through Shmini Torah. So Rav Nosnazal did make that clear. Sometimes when Rav Nosnazal is speaking about killer item, when he's speaking about Rosh Hashanah, sometimes it could seem as if he's saying Rosh Hashanah is everything, everything, everything. You have to go to the next page. You can't, you can't take those things out of context in that. He wants to show us how super special Rosh Hashanah is, but don't forget what we saw, what we learned before, that, that, there has, that Rosh Hashanah is day one of a 10-day process of tshuva at the Yom Kippur. And even after Yom Kippur, we're not finished. We're not finished. That's phase one. Then we go into phase two, which is the holiday of Sukkot, all the incredible tikkunim that are being accomplished then, and capped with Shmini Yatzeres which is a whole other major le- level of, of tikkun. It is very, very important to note that in this Sefer and in all Sfarim, learning about a certain thing that makes it seem as if this is everything true that this is this is fabulous it's great it's not to the exclusion of certain other things that are also very very important Hashem, we completed the halacha and yet Hashem, i hope that we'll continue next week Hashem, wishing everybody a wonderful wonderful a wonderful Ador. This is a month of Simcha, a month of Yeshua for Klal Yisrael. Should all be Zoricha. What are the Simcha and, and see and feel all the Yeshua that Klal Yisrael needs, especially the final Shlema. Nisan Igalu, the month starting to creep towards Nisan. Should be Zoricha to do everything should put a complete and final end to the goblins and give us the shlema. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rav Nutzman. Before shlema to your mother. All the best.